Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of On the Shoulders of Giants with Rabbi Shmuel Bloom. Today, we're going to be talking about Holocaust remembrance. In 1975, Rabbi Shmuel Bloom attended his first meeting of the Moetzes Gedolia Torah. In this meeting, the Gedolia Israel discussed how to make sure that we never forget this historic and tragic event of the Churban of Europe, the Holocaust, which over 6 million Jews were killed just for being Jewish. There ended up being a total of four of these meetings, and Rabbi Bloom was there behind the scenes to hear it all, all the suggestions that were put on the table, why some of them worked, some of them didn't work, and what were the reasons that the Gedolia Israel decided to go with some and not the other. So... Let's get right to it. I'm Israel Yudkowsky. You are listening to the Foundations Podcast. We are here for the third episode of the program On the Shoulders of Giants with Rabbi Shmuel Bloom. Last episode, we spoke about the meetings of Moetzes Gedolei HaTorah, how it all started, the reasons it all started, um, and we're going to turn to you, Zaidi, uh, to see what was uh, the first meeting that you attended of uh, the Moetzes Gedolei HaTorah. It was 1975. I just joined Agus Yisrael. I left St. Louis and uh, came to um, January 75. I, I came to... Uh, start working for Agudis Yisrael, and it must have been about March of 1975. There was a meeting, and the issue that was brought up at the meeting was the issue of Holocaust remembrances. There was an annual event at um, Reform Temple where Jews came together uh, to memorialize uh, the Ketoshim, to memorialize the Second World War, the Holocaust. And Jews wanted to know whether they could participate, whether they could go to Temple Emmanuel, um, where they went there, and uh, is was it right for them to participate? And the broader question is, and the question was, we in the from community, what are we doing to commemorate the loss of the six million Kedeshim? And um, something happened. Something happened in the Jewish community. We couldn't just ignore it. We were busy rebuilding. Yes, they were talking about the old temple. We were building yeshivas and, 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 and building up the community and building up the Torah community. We were busy with that. But at the same time, we couldn't really completely forget the fact that there were Ketoshim, that there was something happened in Klai Yisrael. I mean, 50% of the Jews got wiped out. Maybe like about one third, less, yeah. one, one third of the community. Mm-hmm. And just to pass it by and to go further without without having some sort of recognition of it, um, as the Belushiva Rebbe said in the, in, in, in the Lager, in the concentration camps, the Jews came to him crying. What were they crying about? He's, who's going to remember us? They're going to wipe us all out. Who's going to learn Mishnayis for us? Who's going to say Kaddish for us? He's, that's, that's what was bothered them. And to have completely a lack of memory uh, is, is something that was concerned. And so they had a meeting. Ramesha Feinstein was there, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, Rav Hutna, the Belushiva Rebbe, the Novminska Rebbe. They were the members of the Moskata. Rav Rudim was also supposed to be there. Rav Rudim wasn't wasn't well, he wasn't able to fly, to, to come in from, from Baltimore. But the 
others came together and I was then in the Agudu office, I was a young fellow, and the the hush that came upon the office as each one of the Gdalim came into the office and went into the conference room where the meeting was being held. And they had some other issues. They were discussing some very important issues that they discussed beforehand. Rabbi Sherr participated with them. And then they invited in people to make the presentation. And I was zeichet to be able to come together with them. Um, I remember Reb David Klein, this was especially a Holocaust survivor, talking about how desperate the people felt, the people before they died, how they wanted to have some sort of, of, of memory, how, how they, they should be remembered, and how they feel that it's important for Claudia Yisrael to, to have a memory. And yet, the problem was, one of the problems, the problem is the Chazanish had said that we in our generation are not capable of making new Xerus, new things. And because of that, there was a hesitation. Um, but they had to do something. They can't what, just forget about it. Can't just forget about yeah. it. And what are we supposed to do? And so, so the Rabbi Frankel, who later became, is now currently a member of the Mexico Terror, was one of the people who presented. Um, friends, some for, some against, uh, some participating in, in the Impotently Manual, some not for participating. And uh, when we come together, they something wanted to cry. They want to have a place to, to think, remember their relatives and the people they had. And the presentations were made. And after everybody made their presentations, we walked out of the room. And the Mertzkadeh sat for discussions probably almost an hour later. Just uh, just a quick side point, just to understand how you know how it worked that you were in, and then decided just you know every how often did the Mertzkadeh Torah meet, and also like how how exactly did it work? Where you know what parts were you there, what parts weren't you there? How the whole like system works? Right. So the the later on, as I became more senior and as I was more involved, I I actually was there for most of the meetings at the there was there's no chairman of the Metzgadera there has not been since since Baron Kotla. Um there hasn't been a chairman of the Metzgadera and therefore Rabbi Shera was the one who would bring the agenda items to the table. He would present mm-hmm. it and he would you know, call on the different people and after Rabbi Shera was Nifta uh, that role fell fell on my shoulders. So I, I coordinate. So I was there for me, the, the all the meetings of the Metzgadera um, except, except when there was discussion of adding new members. When there was discussion of adding new members, then Rabbi Sher also walked out. Mm-hmm. And um, from time to time, uh, as, as in in the forty five years uh, that we're talking about, uh, there were th- th- feelings that there was time to add new members. But the discussion of whether to add, not to add, who to add, who not to add, nobody but the members of the Mascadelator. The Mescalatera the is a self-perpetuating body, which means that nobody can add members to the Mescalatera. Nobody can suggest them. Mm-hmm. can suggest privately. It goes uh, back to what we spoke the, last week about uh, that they're in charge. They're, they're like, in at the charge. End of the day, it comes down to right, there. and there and therefore they they were the ones who who um, uh, who decided. And then they would call us in and say we've decided that so and so they'd like to add, and they would make a, usually a phone call from there from the meeting. Uh, or they decide who should go with delegation to visit the, the new members mm-hmm. that they wanted to add, and 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 that's the way it went. Up. But otherwise, um, uh, at that point, 
the uh, presentations, especially since there were a number of the Balabatim involved, and so the presentations were made even in the larger group, and then everybody but, usually Rabbi Shera, who was like the secretary of uh, uh, serving as a secretary there, um, the, went out, and there was discussion, and then when it was finished, they called us all back. Mm-hmm. When they called us all back, they made, had made two decisions. Number one, the Chazonish, the Godlader, the time after the Churban, um, had, had made a clear decision that we were not capable of making new Xeris, new uh, Yom Tevim or Watanesim. Um, we, we're not strong enough and big enough to be able to, we don't have the Gedele Yisrael today who can, who can do that. So they they were not in favor of some of the people who made the presentations were in favor of having a day. This is a day of memorial. Um, the secular groups had recognized to their mind that this is something that has to happen before. And we need something new. We need a new name. They gave it the name of the Shoah. Right? They took them from, from a Pesach in Tanakh and so Shoah destruction. Ah, the Shoah name came only the after the actual... After the Chorban. Mm-hmm. And um, they said this is like a one-time historical event that happened. Uh, somebody tried to wipe out an entire nation. Agdelim didn't look at it that way. On the contrary, this is a continuation of the Chorban. Rafutin especially was very mocked not to call it the Shoah, to call it Chorban Europe. Because this is an extension from Chorban Abayas. This is the continuation of the Golos from generation to generation. This was another step, and Nachum was a very big step. And it was, mm-hmm. it was perhaps greater than, than larger than, than most of the others. But it's all a continuation of the fact that we're in Golos. And the fact that we that, that that we don't have the the, the Shrina, we don't have Vnei Yerushalayim, we don't have, have have Mashiach coming. So this is just it has to be seen as a part of the history of the Jewish people, not as a unique event that was completely separate, like a one in a time thing. One in a time that never happened before, and never happened again, and mm-hmm. never again. Never again was also something which they were very upset about. Never again wasn't our ability to be able to say never again that it wouldn't happen again. We have an army, we have this, we're going to make sure it's never again. It's it's in the hands of the Banishal. On the other hand, they agreed that if we can't make a day, but that we do have to do something. And they had the following idea. European Jewry had made a creation that created the Dafyami. And 1923, we spoke about the first Kinesi and thousands and maybe tens of thousands of Jews have been learning the Daf. That's something that had gotten very, very schwach. Most of the people were killed out. Mm-hmm. And there were very few people in the 19... 40s, 50s in the United States, there's a few small groups of people learning Dafyami. The memorial that we have to have has to be not only something that is to remember, to remember, it has to be something which helps them live on. It has to be Zichurin that helps them the Shama. It has to be something that 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 
we believe in in this case of this is what the 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 Rebbe is saying he says yeah, this is what they want so here you have an opportunity if we build up the dafyoni and we get people learning then not only do we remember them but really it's a zikoran which is maler than the shama a few months later, I think it was in June of that year, so I think it probably was March, was going to be the Siyam Hashas, the seventh Siyam Hashas of the Dafyami. And so the Metzik Deleatera said, when you have the Siyam Hashas of the Dafyami, a section of the program should be dedicated to the and specifically the Zichron of the Ktershim of, of, of the Second World War, in such a way that they should be remembered, that it should be a chizuk for more people to learn Daf Yemen, to learn Lezech and the Shmosom. And that's an opportunity for education for the community to remember what this is all about and remember the community. And so that was a decision that was made. And the second decision, and, and every siyum from then on, that siyum we asked Rav Gifted to be the one to make the Zech of the Gleshim. Mm-hmm. And every siyum afterwards, the Blue Rebbe, uh, the Rav Schwab, uh, each, each siyum, somebody was assigned the task of making a zecher for the Kedoshim, and it became a significant part of the, they would say a kel mole, and we say the Kedoshim. And in fact, you you can show some. Yeah, some there's of the, a beautiful the, video of uh, that they played in the last siyum Ashas of all the, you know, Meshashar and Rav Gifter and, and Rip Schwab and really, you know, really beautiful uh, video of, uh, you know, a short part of each one of their speeches. The goal of the Nazis, Yemach Shimon, was not only to physically annihilate the Jews of Europe, but to destroy the surviving Jews throughout the world by destroying the Talmud because they understood that this was the secret of Jewish continuity. Um widmen or dem siyum dozon zain der zikon paradik deishen. Ich muss euch sagen, as glodis chedesh tamuz, as hat kufe, bentes bau uns bei mir persönlich, schrecklich überlebnis, dos er der chedesh, wem er dumm gebracht hält, Auf Lemberg, auf Krakow, auf Frankfurt, auf wo ist ein Lieben gewesen und auf dem ich da kriegt. Now let us think for one horrifying minute of the one million Jewish children who were massacred and sacrificed when they were still young. I once read that somebody who miraculously escaped from inside a gas chamber 
heard the cry of a young boy imploring his mother, Mother, wasn't I always a good boy? At that very moment, when this holy neshama expired, the Rabboneshwaram took it up, Kaviyochel, into his arms, saying to him, Oh, my kind, yes, you were always a good child. From now on, I shall take you into my arms, and I shall become your Rabbi. I shall learn with you. You should learn in my Mesifta Shalmaila, together with your brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers, Hashem, Yikam Domam. There was a second decision that they made. And that decision was that in the yeshivas, in the Beis they should learn about the, the heroism of the people in the Holocaust or in the Churban of Europe. They should learn about some of the mice and what some of the people did, how with the Messiris Nefesh, they learned Torah, they did mitzvahs, they ate, uh, uh, ate, ate matzah, how they did these things. Yeah. The gvura of the, the, in the yeshivas, they should, on a regular basis, on a regular basis, they should, they should have an opportunity to give a chinuch to the children about the Holocaust. Yeah, there's also the story with, uh, with the Hanukkah candles, with the potato and the oil, and people right. that on Sukkot, they like dug a hole in the ground and covered it with bushes, and then, you know, they right. would uh, go in at night to, you know, be in the kind of the midst of Sukkah, and it's... Right. It's, uh, now, if the first decision of the Metzgadalitio was carried through, and carry through very beautifully, as you just saw in the video. The second decision was not. The second decision of the that there should be Holocaust education, but not Sipuri of, of Gvura, Sipuri of, of, of how we stood up to the, um, to, to, for, for, for Torah and Yiddishkeit, even in the most difficult straits. That was not really very successfully done. And time went on, why, yes. why is that, that it didn't really work? It's a difficult lesson. It's a difficult um, thing. We'll see uh, uh, later on, two, two meetings in the Torah later, um, we'll see when we discuss the Holocaust education, we, there, 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 there are great difficulties about it. Um, and it, it's not easily done. Um, and, and we'll talk about it. But at any rate, Sima Shas wants seven years, seven and a half years. And the question came up, is that enough? Right? Is, that, is that enough to, um, to perpetuate the memory of the Ketoshim once in seven and a half years uh, to, to, to have the world? The truth is that, that the, maybe in the Swiss of, of the Ketoshim, uh, the, the, that Shas we had in, in Manhattan Center um, Rabbi Sherry called me into his office. This is the seventh. This is the seventh. Seventh Shas. Rabbi Besser was there, and Rabbi Borchad, also from Levrocha, and he called me. And I was a young fellow, you know, just starting working in the Aguda, and he asked if I would help to, in addition to the work that I was doing, to help make the Siyum Shas in Manhattan Center. They wanted to have a big Siyum, so they took Manhattan Center to hold a thousand people. The last Siyum, the sixth Siyum Shas, was in Beis Yaakov Baruch, about three hundred people. Mm-hmm. Right, so they wanted to go hundreds of people. Rabbi Besser was going to help raise the money. He was going to get each um, Dafyomi Shir 
to give $180, to wow. join in to give $180, and they're going to rent the Manhattan Center and uh, and and build it up. There was that's where the speech from Rav Gifted that you just heard was mm-hmm. was said in Manhattan Center, and it was uh, for the time impressive, but. Um, uh, but we hadn't the second, the next CMHS, the next CMHS, we already hadn't felt forum. Felt forum held 5,200 people, men only. There's no place it was difficult to make them a pizza there. We had men only, and the women complained because they're the ones who pushed their husbands to learn the Afyemi oh. and they wouldn't <laughs> be able to come. And uh, they had the. Uh, uh, people made reservations, but Rabbi Sher was afraid that the people wouldn't come. So Rabbi Shera sent out, had to a whole mailing list, a little ticket, say admit one, and little words, this is a space available, space available. If you come there, first come, first serve, you get the seats. They sent mm-hmm. out thousands and thousands of these tickets, and people started coming. Some people had maybe had reservations of two or 3,000, and then they started coming and coming and coming and coming. And they had to close the doors. Oh, and they had thousands of people on the street wow. who couldn't get in. So we saw the power of what, and, and every time there was a CM, we doubled the number of people learning Nafiyam. It wasn't that double, wasn't so much for the first time, but the second time already, he says, now we've doubled the amount of people learning. Right, there is a tremendous host for the dictation. It's a tremendous host for Klai. So, yeah. anyway, there's 5,200 people, right, who filled up, had a nice event, and Rip Shmuel Yosef Reader went over to Rabbi Shera and said to Rabbi Shera after the Felt Forum event, is that he wants a schus for his father who wasn't well then, a good friend of Rabbi Shera, Rabbi Yaakov Reader. He wanted to help sponsor that the next CMHR, seven and a half years later, we take the main hall of Madison Square Garden. Wow. 22,000 people, right? And to go from 5,000 to 22,000 people, he says, he says, here's a $25,000 check, they guarantee it. Here's any money that you're short, we'll, 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 we'll help cover it. Um, but we want to take the, 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 that, uh, that opportunity. And the Bershom Health, we took the main set of, we filled it up. And we had to have the, the uh, overflow in, in the in in the in felt forum, which was a part of Madison Square Garden, wow. so we went, and then every CM afterwards, Kanayinahara as Kalyusrogu. We again we doubled the number of people learning up here, and then we filled up Madison Square Garden the next CM. Months before we opened up the, the tickets from months before, and, and in a few days it was all sold out. Wow! So we took NASA Coliseum. We had a second site. We had NASA Coliseum and Madison Square Garden, and we had the CM in, in both places. And the next time, actually, what happened there was people don't want to be in the second site. So people don't yeah, want, want to be in the main, uh, the main uh, event. Yeah. Right? So, so, so people, um, uh, it was harder to, sell, to fill in that. The Madison Square Garden we filled overnight. The, uh, <laughs> the NASA second come, one it was, was, was a little, little more difficult to fill, but we filled it. So the next time we said, what we have to do is take two equal sites. Take two equal sites to take NASA, um, uh, the Meadowlands Arena and Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. 
mm. and we had half the program in one, half the program in the other. Uh, and people some, had the choice. Some are here, some are bottom here, some are there. We had a full day in each place, and so he says. But then it was you thought of fifty thousand people, and between the two sites, and we had site by satellite to Chicago, Los Angeles, Toronto. We had close to hundred thousand people. Wow! Right? We from the, this is like they had uh, events that. That they streamed it at, or it was like you know, each person could watch at home. No, that that's before home streaming. Uh-huh. Is they have actually a satellite? Uh-huh. The satellite dish had to come to each each to 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 each venue and mm-hmm. shoot it from um, shoot the, the 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 site from one site to the other. And they had a local speaker. We actually had one speaker. Mm-hmm. Right, so friend spoke from Chicago. He spoke from Chicago. They had was thousands of people. Toronto had five six thousand people. Chicago wow. had thousands of people. Los Angeles. It was each each of the places. This is and each time we went, and then we had a problem because there was no. I mean, where, do you go from there? where do you go yeah. from there? <laughs> where do you go from there? And the question is: Should we take the one place in New York? The, in the New York area, we couldn't go out of the New York area. That's where the masses of people are. And the one place the New York out of the New York area was in MetLife Stadium. MetLife Stadium over ninety thousand seats. Ninety thousand seats. And uh, my good friend uh, Tom Yakov Steinberg, who lives across the street with me from now, was the um, was the uh, financial advisor to the Tisch. Money. The Tishes owned the New York Giants, so they were the ones mm. who owned the stadium. He spent many years of his life designing it, working on it, building, get, getting the financing for it. And he always was worried. He says, I'm spending all this time to see two football players. I mean, yeah. you're also yeah, a football, football player. player yeah. You know what it is, but yeah. he says, get two football players. Out. Out. It's not a right? life mission, says, you know. Right? This is what I'm spending my life for. And then we decided that we're going to get MetLife Stadium. Is that uh, take that as as the event for the CMHS? He understood why why he gave his life for that. Why he spent so much time is to be able to have it. and the Kiddush Hashem of 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 having MetLife Stadium and 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 having the hundred thousand people. This past Seum was a big problem because it was in January. Have, mm, the rain the, and the, everything. The, the snow, snow and cold um, was uh, January 1st of this past year. And uh, it was a hard decision to, um, to whether it was for close to two years, including meetings the Metz de la Terra back and forth, whether to, to, to do it in January to do the, the CM. Um, or maybe to push it off or the thing maybe to put it in a... Like a uh, closed venue? To, like to have four, four or five closed venues. Mm-hmm. Uh, four or five closed is probably the best option. I was I, I recommended making the CM before we start learning Masech Nida in October, right? Mm-hmm. To, to, to make the CM, you know, lacrosse, the, the, but nobody liked that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't get very far. Um, but at any rate, Baruch Hashem, even despite the cold, and the, it was a clear day, cold, and, and the, the 90,000 people uh, it came to celebrate. Yeah, that, if it's clear, if it's going to snow, if it's going to rain, you can't really know till like a week before. It's not right, like you could right. plan, you know, this years and years of planning. Right. It's right. not. You no, know, I sat in a meetings, not the the CM before. This is the first time we had met life with the meteorologist for met life, who was predicting rain on uh, on on the night. And the question of pushing, we had we had a backup date of the next night, mm-hmm. but the the technical arrangements would have been so difficult. 
the buses, the trains, the, the people flying in. So okay, it wasn't just are, the stadium it was, itself. It wasn't just it was the stadium so itself. So we decided that he said that they're going to be pop-up showers um, throughout the day. It won't rain, rain heavily. Be pop-up showers and so on. So we said, look, we'll, we'll take a chance. What happened is the Benishom held and there weren't pop-up showers. There was a heavy, steady rain all day. <laughs> we had got thousands of shmatas to be able to clean the seats. Wow. To, to keep away. To, we had to prepare the, the umbrellas. There was the raincoats, umbrellas, and so on. For security reasons, they would not have let us to continue if there was a, a, a thunderstorm. So, is but the Rancham Hell, he says, till six o'clock it rained. The Siam Ashas was supposed to start at six o'clock. At six o'clock, the skies cleared. The full moon came out. This is the, the, this the, is the, one, the one first before, one, or the, 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 the first one we did in MetLife. It was uh, a beautiful night. And he says the Rebbe Shalom really shown his, his his favor uh, on on, on Yisrael and the people doing. It. And at the same time, uh, with the art scroll Gemaras, with the, the tapes of started the Rebbe Teitelbaum, who was one of the first ones that did Shiram on the phone, and now on tape, and now it became so popular. That wherever you go, there are Dafyemi Shiurim and people learning and 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 Shiurim and tapes and and aids and and yeah. all different things that anybody who wants to can and so many people do. It's embarrassing almost that you don't. You know, the, yeah, it's like you, oh, know, you don't learn Dafyemi. Yeah, I mean, just Rebelli Stefanski alone, he gives a Shiur every morning of like you know like twenty thousand people. Sure. It's just like it's just one Shiur, and you have it all right. over the world. Right, all of it. So, so Baruch Hashem, this idea of the Mesech of Ater. That the best zikaron for the Ketoshim is to take what they created and build on it and have people grow and learn Torah through that is a tremendous schus for them. And that was, was tremendously successful. Mm-hmm. But as we said, that's only one thing. So is that seven, seven, seven years? years yeah. Is that enough? Is that enough? The issue, and of course, we said the Chazanish says you can't make something new, but there was one Jew by the name of Rapinchas Herzka. And Rapinchas Herzka had what he felt was a simple solution. Nothing a Klaishol is simple, <laughs> and to sell it was difficult. But he said, What are the things I'm saying? They're saying that the Holocaust, the Thorban of Europe, was a continuation of the Churban from the Beis Hamidrash. We don't have to make a new day. We have the day of Tisha B'Av. Tisha B'Av is the day that's been set aside, not only for the Churban Abayas, but the Crusades, but the burning of the Swarm in Paris, is whenever for the Gezeris Tachvatat, is whenever there's Soros and Klai Yisrael, is and they and, and and people die and, and 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 suffer. The time that we cry started with the Miraglim and continues through the Churban Abayas and throughout the Golos. Tishabov is the day to remember the Holocaust. And there's a precedent for writing a, for saying a kinna, not only for the Churban Abayas, where most of the kinnas are, but uh, saying a kinna for Soros that happened to Kaiser through the Golos. And there was a precedent, the Bavar of Rav Weissmandel, um, the Rav Schwab, 
each one wrote a kinder for their community. And it also has the advantage that it's not a Zerah for Kali Yisrael. It's each community. It's each community, yes. But he tried to sell it. He went from Rabbonin to Rabbonin, from community to community, and, and he got some Rabbonin to back him. Most of the people didn't go along with mm him. -hmm. Until he met with Rabbi Shera. And Rabbi Shera said, the time has come to move on this issue. And a meeting in Meskater was held. Rabbi Gifter was already not well, um, but he, he was he, he, he participated by, by phone or they spoke to him afterwards. But a, a decision came out. It's already 40 years. At this point, it was 40 years since the since the Korban Europe. And they felt that there has to be more of a memorial, and the memorial should be on Tishabov. And every community should choose the kinder that they feel is fitting for them. And every shul should say a kinder on Tishabov, um, and to memorialize what happened in the years from 1939 to 1945. And it goes back to that it's not a, you know, one thing for the whole cloud, Israel, it's each community. Each community. Could yeah. The Pinchas Earth could try to get to do this in Eretz Yisrael also. And Rav Shach felt that if we would do it in America and Eretz Yisrael and so on, it would be closer to, to, to going against what the Chazayinish has said. Mm -hmm. And therefore, in Eretz Yisrael, it never took on. And mm -hmm. Eretz Yisrael was never successful. But Agudis Yisrael, and they were mocked that we should make it not an Agudis Yisrael project. It should be recognized by all of Klai Yisrael in the different chassidahs. Today, I would say 80 to 85% of the shuls in, Eretz, in America, he says, say a kinna of their choice, say a kinna of their choice, and so a second part of the memorial to the Ketoshim was, was instituted based on the decision of the Meskadeh letter. This is one that Ripshar after he thought he brought it to the Moetz and they decided that, right? And mm -hmm. um, and they decided and they they uh, uh, issued a, 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 a letter. And they said they, before they issued the letter, they wanted to have other Rabbana from other communities also wishing letters mm -hmm. to the extent that they but felt it shouldn't that be like a good thing. It shouldn't be a good thing. It's something for Klai Yisrael. It was the first time that they brought this idea to the Moetz's Torah. To the best of my knowledge, mm -hmm. to the best of my knowledge, I don't think it was brought up before, but um, also it was forty years after the Churban. A lot of people had died out of the other. The, the survivors were older, and they felt that it was it was the right time. It was mm -hmm. the right time to it's probably to like right after, like everybody was still living it. Like everybody right. had family members, and you knew people in your neighborhood, and like it was much less of like, oh, you know, how what should we do to not forget? Get everybody right. around you were in the Holocaust. Like it's right. not right. probably like later on, it, it got to a point that that, that you know it was less and less. Correct, right. So there was another decision in Mexico that era about chinuch, about education, and there. At this point, there started being groups. Mrs. Lichtenstein um, started to witness. Uh, she started a, a project of, of of Holocaust education and of, of Korban education, and she published a book. And there were other groups that were doing, but again, it wasn't 
brought by Klai Yisrael, and for good reason. Uh, after Rabbi Sher was Nifta, the one who replaced him as the representative for Agudas Yisrael in the claims conference was Avram Biederman. And Avram Biederman saw that they were giving out money for Holocaust education in their communities. And so he suggested that Agudas Yisrael apply for a $10 million grant to give money for the yeshivas for Holocaust education. Agudas Yisrael, when Rabbi Sheru was the representative and principal, did not take any grants from the, from the claims conference. They gave it to other from Meistas, but not to, to Agudas Yisrael. But since he was on the board, he felt it wasn't proper that he's going to be taking money for his organization. So he, in principle, didn't take it. But now Abraham Biedemann was the chairman. He wasn't really Agudas Yisrael. He wasn't an executive of Agudas Yisrael. We felt that maybe an exception could be made. And also we felt it was an important thing. And we brought to the Mesquitele Terra the possibility of um, uh, the possibility of of applying for a grant to give money to the yeshivas to teach Holocaust education. And there was a serious discussion, and everybody agreed that it was an important thing to do. But two of the members of the Mesquitele were against it. Rebellious Svei and Rav Palm. Rebel Yisvei for one reason, which we won't go into now. Uh, that's the part the, the, the parts that I didn't write in the book. Mm. Um, but Rav Pam was against it because he said teaching Holocaust, teaching what they call Holocaust education, talking about the Chumya is a very dangerous issue. Number one, do you want the children to feel they're persecuted? Because I'm a Jew, I'm going to get killed out. Um, do we want to present never again? We're going to see to it; it's not going to happen again. You cannot do. And and how about the question that so many people asked: Where was God during the Holocaust? Right? How do you take children, eight, ten, twelve years old, is and and starting being presented not? bring up that question? Yes to bring up the question? How do you address that question? Is This is a, 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 a very serious issue that people aren't trained to be able to, teach, to answer. Yeah, you probably and, have the Gdailan that could teach it. We have every Rebbe now, if, uh, you know, every teacher in every school, then you know, could get very, it's, it's a very delicate situation. It's very delicate. And, and you can, you have course problems of Amuna. You can have problems of persecution. So it's not something that you want to just light, take lightly and say, oh, I'm going to teach Holocaust education. The Metzg de la Terra in the time of 1975 talked about telling stories of, of Maisev, of Gura during the, the Holocaust. That's, you know, that, that, that's acceptable. Now you want to talk mm -hmm. about the story of Gura and what happened. Why did it happen? Right, yeah, why? 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 Right, and 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 I say, as, as a lot of the friars said, we, you know, where was God during the Holocaust? A lot of people, the Satmarebbe, who lived, came to Eretz Yisrael right after 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 the war, and and when he left Eretz Yisrael, um, the Hasidim said to him, "You're going to America. Who, who's going to give us a bracha? Who's going to take care of us over here?" So he said, "Go to shul." And you see somebody putting on tefillin, 
and you see he has a number on his arm, and he's still putting on tefillin, you can ask him for a bruch. Right? Somebody who came through the Churban in Europe and still putting on tefillin and still has his emuna is, is, is a, special, a special person. And how do you present that to children? So there were five members of the Meskater who were in favor of the application. There were two who were against it. And there, as I say, I was like the secretary of, of the Meskater. And, you know, I, we went, we took the role. Everybody said, you know, yes or no, what they wanted. And it was five to two. And I said, you know, in all my years sitting in, in the meetings of the Meskater, when Rabbi Shera was, 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 was like the secretary, um, then I never saw a vote of five to two, right? So was they always agree. It, it was always a consensus. Mm-hmm. You, you had a discussion. If you didn't have everybody agree, you discussed it some more until you came to a conclusion that everybody could agree with. Mm-hmm. Right? Even if so, someone had this opinion, someone other, they used yeah. to discuss it until so they and, came to until, agree. And it was, a, 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 I wouldn't use the word a compromise, but to reach something that everybody could agree with. Uh-huh. I don't see that there's a consensus on this issue, so we're not going to apply for 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 the grant. Mm-hmm. However, when I reported to Rabbi Yosef Elias, um, who was a, a very special mechanech, um, who wanted very much that there should be education, he asked for an appointment with Rabbi Palm, and I set up an appointment with him with Rabbi Palm and Rabbi Rebellia, and what came out of the meeting is that we should apply for a grant, but not for Agudas Yisrael to give to the yeshivas, but for Turim Sura, the Turim Sura should teach teachers how to teach the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And that's a grant that we got. And through Turim Sura, they started a program, and thousands of teachers were given a chinuch of what to say specifically on this. On, on this issue, how to teach, what to teach, what to say. Um, uh, and and uh, of all the things, you know, some one of the things that I picked up, Rebbeim Dov Keller at least gave gave uh, friend of Rocky gave a um, a class, and it gave me an insight. Um, you know, we we talked about in in the last term that when Agudah was started, Kaiser was losing the battle, and now after the Churban, you have more students in the Lakewood Yeshiva, in Yeshiva, than you had in all the Yeshivas here. Wow. You have more students in Mir Yeshiva and Yerushalayim than all the Yeshivas in Yeshiva put, put together. So that although there was the pain and the tsaras of the people who suffered, the Kali Yisrael suffered, but in terms of Kali Yisrael, you took, the Kodesh Baruch who took a dying and, and the suffering uh, community in terms of Terra and Yiddishkeit and rebuilt it in Eretz Yisrael and in America in two thriving, exciting, beautiful Terra communities. So with the long look of Jewish history, right, despite the fact that it was so so difficult and such, uh, such suffering, and I'm not saying that that's something that we, that we wanted, but what happened was he says it turns the, 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 the end of the day. The end of the day, Yisrael turned out better, and Kali Yisrael grew, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu grew, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, the Kiddush Shem Shemayim grew. 
So mentioning talk about you know after the Holocaust that it was so you know there was kind of no Jewish community and I mean you know the whole you know like you said like a third six million Jews were were wiped out so that it was mamish you know it was come out a lost battle so like how do you even approach and come and have the strength to to work on trying to bring it back if you know if if it's such a you know six million Jews are gone this come out you know come out nothing like what what gives you the kayach to to say like no we're gonna you know rebuild it what happened was the, the a partnership grew between some of the Americans who held on to their Shabbos now the Yiddishkeit living in America and the Sheris Aplaita, who gave an injection of of of, of, chiyos, of, of love. And they are, you know, special, special people. The Sheris Aplaita, like I say, like, like the Satan Rebbe said, someone has a number on his arm and he's going to work to build terror, to build Yiddishkeit, he's to, to recreate it, and they did. And they did, and they saw the Nachas, and they saw children, and grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. These people who were, were uh, came out of the, 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 uh, uh, the concentration camps at the skin and bones, and, and felt the strength to be able to come and to rebuild. And we, we all have to show a tremendous amount of appreciation for them, and, 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 and that's the truth is, that's the cycle of Jewish history. That's what the Masha Chochma says, the 2,000 years, they're the coast of 2,000 years in Megillah. So every 100, 200 years, you have some quiet time. It's because the Rebbe has to give us time there to sit and learn and yeshivas to grow. And so otherwise, we would forget everything. You become Tamil Chacham, and then you become too comfortable. And in the words of the Masha Chochma, when, when Berlin becomes like Yerushalayim and you feel at home, and children, he says, have to do more than their parents. So there's nothing to do. And the infrastructure is there. And the yeshivas are there. So I'm going to learn more Gemara than my father. I'm going to learn same what to than my mother. Is reached a point they start going among the Goyim and being trying to 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 get their their ability to do fresh and new things to be created among the Goyim, and then they begin to walk away from Klai. So like this Baruch brings discrimination and pogroms and, and ultimate horrible, and ultimately you get thrown into another country, another country you have to build. Yeah. Right? You have back, to do. Back, back, right? to, so back, back to the back, beginning. Back to, yeah. it's, a, it's a cycle. It's a cycle that talks about. This is a 100 to 200 year cycle, but that's what kept Jews as the Yam Hashem. He's, that's why Kaddish Baruch kept his nation. That's why in Yitz Hashem, they're going to be people for the, to be Mechal Pnei Mashiach because of the cycle. Is it something that the G'dayim bring up or Askanim or something they try to work on to make sure that it doesn't happen again? Or you just know that, you know, it's kind of the cycle of the world? No, so I actually uh, made a presentation at the convention, um, which wasn't accepted. Um, the the Meshachachma explains that every child, the children, have to feel they're doing more than their parents. So they have to have a challenge. And just to do the same thing my parents did, maybe a little bit better, um, doesn't work. And therefore, they go into other other places, other groups, um, away from Tara and Yiddishkeit. I suggested that we give our children a challenge. There are 4 million Jews who are, in the words of Avi Shafran, going to fall off the cliff if we're not Makarov them. 
They can be lost to Yiddishkeit, their children, great grandchildren, so on, there they go on, into marriage in America. If we would take our children and give them the challenge of bringing back those millions of Jews out in the community, is then bringing them back to Terra and Yiddishkeit, then that would give them the challenge. They wouldn't have to find challenges among the guy. They wouldn't have to find challenges outside. Is, and, and that would be valuable, not for the four, only for the four million Jews there, but for, the, for us. For us, that something would, to keep us. That would uh, break the cycle. Mm-hmm. That would break the cycle that we shouldn't go back. And for, of course, the Rav Chaim Velozhin said that the last Golis Stanzi, the last station of Golis is going to be America. So um, uh, we know we're not going from the United States to Australia. Or to Peru, or we're not going to rebuild it. We're coming back to Eretz Israel. So, in Hashem, the end of the cycle is it should be as close as we can to uh, in Yitz Hashem. Mashiach should come soon. We shouldn't have to continue the cycle. Uh, one more meeting in the Mescal Torah on the issue was um, I got a telephone call from a fellow by the name of Yossi Hollander. He wanted to meet with me. And I found that Yossi Hollander, I, I set up an appointment with him. Yossi Hollander um, was a uh, uh, child of a Holocaust survivor, um, lived, born in Eretz Yisrael. And Eretz Yisrael, he was a young man. He uh, emigrated to California and started a uh, dot-com uh, uh, corporation. He started a couple of them. He's a high-tech and... Um, sold before the uh, the the bust of the, uh, the of the dot coms, he sold one of his companies for five hundred and sixty million dollars. Wow! And he wasn't fifty years old yet. And he said, "What am I going to do with all this money?" So he decided that what he was. I wish there would be more millionaires <laughs> who think that way. Yeah. yeah, he said, "Look, I have enough money, you know, for me, myself, children." So he decided he's going to give it away. Wow. But he wanted to give it away not as a charity to give, you know, to, to, to give to yeshivas or schools or whatever the case may be. He says he's young enough and he's in high tech enough that he wants to undertake projects, which cost mm-hmm. money and they'll, they'll be willing to pay the money. But he wants to be involved in the projects and he wants to make a, he wants to make a, a difference. He wants to make a change. Mm-hmm. One of the projects that he undertook was the names project of Yad Vashem. Yad Vashem decided after the Second World, in the early 1950s, that they wanted to have a record of the six million Jews who were nifta, who were killed in the Holocaust. First of all, Holocaust deniers come along, they say it didn't happen. Here, here's a list of the names, here are the people who were. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a Matzeva. They don't have a place of kvur. They have some type so they of have a place. They what they call the daf edus, a page of testimony, where people listed the names of their relatives, their friends, people that they knew died in the in in, in the Hurban of Europe, and they have a hall of records. So they started this project, I think, in early 1950s, soon after the war, and they put together over two million names. Wow. And then it stopped. 10,000 names they added a year, another 10,000 names. So here we're coming already to the 1990s, 
and there were just over a little too many names. So Yossi Hollander said, this is something that I think is valuable mm-hmm. and something that I'm interested in, <clears throat> in helping out. He put it on the internet. He advertised it. People started oh, entering enter names, family, family, family members and so on. You can, you can add to it online. And they started getting it. And he got it up to about three and a half million names. Wow. He had another million. Almost million. doubled it. Almost doubled. But... Again, it started to stop. So he started doing research and trying to. He said they don't have to get the six million, but five million they should be able to get. Why aren't we getting the other names? So talking about uh, two and a half million names over here, you know. All right. So why why can't we find these names? Why aren't they being added to the list? And he realized after doing research that there are two areas of names that aren't being added. One of them was behind the Iron Curtain, Russia. In Russia, in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, they had no contact with Yad Vashem. And millions of people were killed there during the Second World War. Mm-hmm. But their relatives and the people who knew about it had, didn't know anything about Yad Vashem. So, Anyone behind the Iron Curtain in the Eastern European countries and in 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 Russia, um, but now it was already in the 1990s, close to 2000, um, now they had access to it. And so he started a program identifying people in those communities who knew about people who were who died in, in the Holocaust, and he started adding names and added a significant number of names. There was another group that didn't put their names in Yad Vashem. That's the Haredi community. Mm. Because the Haredi community... Don't have internet, they don't have they, they didn't, besides they didn't have the internet, they also didn't have... Uh, Yad Vashem was created as a, as a stone memorial, as a place to cry, a place to go to. And that is what we did. We rebuilt. We were putting kaifas into rebuilding what was there before, and naming yeshivas mm-hmm. after the yeshivas that were in Europe, and and and, and teaching the Torah that was taught there, and learning the svarim of the people who, who were there. So Yad Vashem didn't interest us, and Yad Vashem had no contact with the firm community. So he started a project in Eretz Yisrael in the firm community, and in America he said that if you want to come to the, want to get access to the firm community, you should do it through Agudas Yisrael. Mm-hmm. At that time, I was the executive vice president of Agnes Scholl. I was the CEO. And I get a call from Yossi Hollander. He'd like to come and meet with me. So we met. We discussed the issue. He explained to me the project. And he says he's willing to fund it. But we have to go to Metzik de la Terra. Mm-hmm. Right? We have to go to the Metzik de la Terra and um, get permission. We have to explain to them what the situation is, the value of it. Yad Vashem is somewhat of a problem with, to, to, to the from community. And there's a Gera group, Ginzach, Ginzach, uh, Hashem, I think it's called. And, um, I, I, the Mesquitele Terra said we should do it. We, we asked them and they said it's a good idea. We should do it together with them also. So it's not just like this on Yad Vashem. And we started such a project. We got permission from Mesquitele Terra to go ahead with it. And today, 
uh, between the Russian group and the Haredi group, I'm going to see Cyril, where there are over five million names, wow. over five close to close to five and a half million names wow. of people who died in the Holocaust, and they they did now there are fewer and fewer people who, who were alive who will remember. Um, so oh, part so of, part of the group was to go. Part of the project was to go. Um, actually, I am a Kayan, so I'm not usually going to Beisach first. But when I went to my father's Levaya, I saw that a number of people, when they had their the matseva, they put on the matseva the names of the brothers and sisters of fathers, the people who died. Ah, uh, right, yeah, I and and, and we did that with my, my father's his his brothers and sisters who were nifta, and so now they started at that point they started a project. They went to the Beisach first. And they copied names down from there. And they went to the shul. They need to go through the process to see if it's up already. The dedications and so on. So they, they, so now they have lots and lots of information, which they're working on to, to refine because they'll have doubles in order not not to have doubles in order to, to put that together. So that was the final meeting of the Moetzis de la Terra, uh, at least in, 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 to my memory, or at at this point. Um, but at this point, you have the Siemashas. The, the Zech and the Shmosan. You have the education that's going on in the yeshivas based on teachers who were taught by Terem Surah. You have projects like Project Witness and Mrs. Lichtenstein's also with they have. And you have a list of their names um, in Yad Vashem, uh, the Zech and the Shmosan. Yeah, and uh, you have in the Tisha that's more in America. And the kid that you have in Tisha And Yossi Holland became a very good friend, and oh. we, we learned Bechavrusa. Ah, right? he's, very nice. He's my partner in Torah. Look at that. We, ah, we that's learned, uh, your partner in Torah. My partner in Torah, and, and we've been learning for the last, uh, since, uh, since, I, since I left the position there for the last 10 years. Wow. Uh, Hashem. Like that, that's, uh, that's how you met him. That's how I met him through, through this project. Amazing. Okay. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> it was really beautiful. It was really yeah. great. And Amrit Hashem, we will be back in next episode. That is it for today. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you were able to learn something new. Hope you were able to put something in your pocket for life. What an amazing episode. It was so incredible to see how literally from 300 people in the Siamashas to now we have in MetLife Stadium, every Siamashas close to 100,000 people. And that's just MetLife Stadium. We have worldwide hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people who come to the Siamashas. It was such a crazy journey. It was so incredible to hear behind the scenes and unique stories uh, from Rabbi Bloom, who was there uh, behind closed doors with Gdoli Yisrael. Um, at these meetings. So it was very, very beautiful and wonderful to learn. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to share it with your friends and family. Let them know. Send them a link. Tell them how incredible it was that they can enjoy it as well. Also, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to make sure that you never miss another episode. Let us know in the comments below what you thought of today's episode. If you have any questions or comments, or you could send us an email to info at jfoundations.com or send a WhatsApp to plus 972-55711-6220. Thank you very much for listening. We will be back next week.